Greetings from TG Geeks webcast where Ben and Keith, the two gay geeks, talk about all aspects of geekdom and nerdery. Sci-fi, comics, film, horror, genre, you name it, we talk about it. Find our episodes each week on TGGeeks.com. Visit our Facebook page, TG Geeks Webcast. On Google Plus and YouTube, look for us as Two Gay Geeks. You can tweet at TG Geeks and at the Two Gay Geeks. Or call our feedback line at 469-TG-Geeks. That is 469-844-3357. Happy listening. Peace. Cheers. Hello, my name is Joe Hogan. Many of you know me as Epic Grays in various video games and social media. Welcome to episode 49 of Geektitude, a geek culture podcast that celebrates the inner geek in all of us. I'm excited to be joined today by Michael Maxwell of the Jack of All Nerds podcast. How are you doing this morning, Michael? I am well, sir. How are you today? Pretty good, pretty good. Both of us had kind of late nights last night, so I think... A little, <laughs> little on the tired side, but that's okay because it'll yes. hopefully make for hilarity later. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll try to bring the energy as much as I can right now. <laughs> yeah, I'm right there with you. Um, before we get too far in, uh, let's get to know you a little bit better. Uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, I, I'm a Leo. I enjoy long walks on the beach, and uh, that's actually not true at all. I, I hate, I hate nature. I um, <laughs> what, <laughs> what can I say about me? Um, I, I am a nerd, um, been that way. It was a, I don't know, for me, it's not so much a lifestyle as a, no, no, it is. It is. Um, yeah, I, I don't even know. I wasn't prepared for this question to, to talk about me. Who am I? Um, I am a podcaster. I am a gamer. I am, uh, I'm a writer first and foremost. Um, yeah, and I just I love everything nerd and geek related. Uh, I love it all. Awesome. Uh, do you have areas where you feel your geekitude is high? You you really kind of tend to be an expert in the area. Um, you know, I don't necessarily think I'm an expert in any uh, specific area, and that was kind of like the the whole idea behind my show, the Jack of All Nerds, is that I am a a jack of all, you know, it's a play on jack of all trades. So like I'm, a, I'm very knowledgeable in, uh, like a little bit in everything, but mm-hmm. not a master of anything. So that's, uh, yeah, I, if I had to say things that it's maybe stronger in, um, definitely like, uh, the world of uh, tabletop role playing games. Nice. Very passionate about, um, Star Wars. Star Trek, I'm actually pretty equal in both of those. Um, yeah, uh, Lord of the Rings. But, um, yeah, I'm not, I'm definitely not like, a, I don't know if I could get into like a quiz show scenario about anything and, and come out the victor. You know what I mean? Like, right, I, right, I, right. 
Um, I'd be I'd be a good like associate on a team. <laughs> I'd be able to chime in. <laughs> You'd be able to fill in the gaps. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Very nice. Now, are there areas that even though uh, they they fall into the geek territory that you just you don't have a very strong knowledge of at all? Um, yes, uh, there are. Like I'm I'm I do love video games. But I I definitely do not have an extensive knowledge in um, a lot of the MMOs that are out there because I don't do a lot of uh, like uh, computer gaming, mostly console, and so I know like WoW is something that uh, is very popular, and I have very very little knowledge in in WoW at all. You know I. I my my most uh, like knowledge base for anything World of Warcraft related or Warcraft related is the original game, right? You know, uh, before it was a, a multiplayer situation. So, and one thing that I think gets overlooked as far as the nerd geek uh, realm altogether is like actual science. Mm-hmm. Uh, I that I'm I'm not a my brain doesn't work that way. Uh, math and science were never my strong suits in school, so I'm definitely not. Uh, <laughs> Not strong in those areas either. Yeah, I I, I can hear that. I I'm definitely well, I'm an English teacher and a drama geek, so <laughs> <laughs> so I definitely I definitely understand that. Um, do you have a favorite fandom that you find yourself kind of go going back to on a regular basis that kind of stands out among all the others? Mm. I mean, definitely. I think right now, at least, and I don't know if it's just a like a side effect of the shows that I work on and everything like that, but definitely comic books um, dominate my lifestyle uh, for sure. I uh, they get talked about on a regular basis. I I do actively read them. Um, I I you know I have a a comic strip that I write that is sort of a parody of the genre as well. So that's I would say probably uh, the thing that that I come back to most. Yeah, that's awesome. Do you do you prefer Marvel or DC? <laughs> I I don't. Um, I definitely think that Marvel has uh, has been doing a better job with their cinematic universe. Um, although I know that DC has little to no control over that regarding their films because that's all Warner Brothers. But um, yeah, no, I I really don't have a preference as far as the 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 content itself. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, they're definitely, I think, better represented in certain areas for sure. Do you have a a favorite comic book um, or a favorite comic book character that you find yourself going to on a regular basis? Um, I do have a favorite comic book character, and that um, that's Gambit from mm-hmm. the X Men. And I think uh, when you know you you had guessed it on our show, and we kind of brought up. The potential, uh, the the movie that's supposed to be coming out with Channing Tatum, which frightens me on a level I can't even talk about. Um, <laughs> but uh, he's definitely one of my favorite characters. Um, the, I also, uh, from Marvel, uh, there's the character of Moon Knight. I'm not sure how much you know about uh, Moon Knight. Uh, he's he's one that I find very interesting. Um, and then as far as the DC front. I know, like Batman is like hands down like the uh, the favorite for most people. Mm-hmm. I'm actually Team Superman. Are you? I, I, I get a lot of flack from people that I know about that. Yeah. Well, I I mean, 
they're both just I, I feel like they're both so different that it's very easy to identify with one or the other as just what you prefer. Their styles are usually different. Their um, the way they're handled is different. So you know if you're not if you're not into dark and gritty or it's just not necessarily what you feel like dealing with, then I can understand where Batman would not be some people's favorites. Yeah. Well, and I think for me it was it kind of harkens back to when I was a kid. Like I think Superman was the first like my first superhero, you know, and when mm-hmm. I and when I even started writing uh my my early attempts at at writing stories and uh things like that, it was all, you know, Superman. Like I I totally uh plagiarized, not plagiarized. I just kind of uh, copyright infringed, I guess, <laughs> the whole Superman thing. My first, first story I wrote was called Super Kid. And, and you might think, but there's already a super boy. I was like, no, 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 no. He was a teenager. This was a kid. Uh-huh. This is the same age as me in like elementary school. Uh, and I wrote this story about Super Kid and, and you know, it's this exact same powers and everything. Um, but it was like envisioning myself as, as Superman, uh, to the point where like I even like sent out uh, this story to a publisher, like a book publisher, not, not, not knowing, like I didn't know, uh-huh. uh, what copyright was and things like that. And I got, uh, very polite, like to Random House's, uh, uh, thing. Like they, they, they sent me back a very nice, polite rejection letter. And I was just excited to get a letter back. Yeah. You know, when you're in like fifth, fifth sixth grade, you're just like, yay, they got it. <laughs> you know, <laughs> um, but yeah. Um, is there anything in uh, that you really love that you know is not as mainstream, and so not as many people know about it, but they should? Um, yes, there is something that um, I'm, I'm a very big fan of. It's a British sci-fi show, a sci-fi comedy show called Red Dwarf. I don't I know if you heard, heard of, it. of that, yeah, but I I haven't seen it, but I definitely have have heard of it. It's yeah, it's definitely from you know like the the eighties, um, and they've uh, slowly like they actually just released an eleventh series uh, this year, but it's one of those where it's not it's not like the show comes out every year, mm-hmm. um, and you know because it started out as a BBC show and. Uh, like the seasons are like six episodes long, usually, uh, six to eight episodes, very short, half hour. But, uh, to me, it's, it's, I love British comedy. And so when you throw in like the sci-fi elements and everything like that, it's just like the perfect storm for me. That sounds phenomenal. Mm. Yeah. If you're, if you're into, if you, if you're into, um, like Star Trek, uh, even Star Wars, uh, Doctor Who, any of that kind of thing already, uh, and you enjoy British comedy, then you should definitely check out Red Dwarf. Uh, you can find, like, I think uh, most of the seasons you can find on DVD. I don't think they've made it to Blu-ray just yet, but mm-hmm. uh, uh, but they're out there. And like I said, it's some very funny stuff. Yeah, that sounds that sounds great. Because I'm I'm a huge Monty Python fan, so I don't know if it's in that vein of British humor, but. Uh... It, it is like there's, uh, it's definitely not, uh, in, in the way that Monty Python parodies things, it's definitely not that extreme, mm-hmm. but it is a very silly show and, and a lot of the stuff that they make fun of in the kind of science fiction vein is, uh, I would say, yeah, could be very Monty Python-esque. That's very cool. That's very cool. 
Um, we're going to be talking uh, about Jack of All Nerds uh, a little bit later, but what else do you have going on? Oh, boy. Um, well, um, I do, as I mentioned, I have the my comic strip called The Dark Crusader. Uh, that's something that is uh, it's written by me, and I have no artistic ability whatsoever. So I have a friend who is an artist. Uh, it's very talented. His name is Jimmy Purcell. And uh, he uh, he does his own comic strip called Ben Better. Um, that uh, but the Dark Crusader comes out each week, and it's in this in the way that it does parody the superhero genre, but it does tell an actual overarching story. Like I break my strips down into seasons, and there is like a main uh, main villain. Uh, we just recently wrapped up season two. Uh, and actually, the season two book is now available for purchase. But um, during season two, the overarching villain was an organization known as Hydrant, um, obviously, and that was a, a, a play on Hydra. Um, but uh, yeah, and then this this season, the uh, overarching parody is sort of of the. I'm not sure if, how much you watch the uh, CW. Oh, DC yeah. shows quite quite a bit. We haven't we we lost uh, Supergirl in there somewhere last year and uh, and didn't get too far into uh, Legends of Tomorrow, but we are big Arrow and Flash fans. So oh, okay, perfect. Yeah, the whole uh, Earth Two thing with mm-hmm, the, with mm-hmm. the Flash. Um, we're uh, like I'm parodying that like very heavily in season three, and then also some uh, Batman v Superman parody as well. So. But uh, that's that's the main thing uh, that I do on the side. As I said, I'm a, I'm a writer, so I do that. Um, you know, Jack of all nerds, of course. And then in the Jack of all nerds realm, we do uh, four different shows. It's not just the Jack of all nerds. Uh, we do a uh, we have a silly little. Um, it's called the Cineblokes, where we review movies in British accents because <laughs> because we're silly like that. Uh-huh. Uh, and then. Uh, we have a show called Moons Over My Podcast, which is recorded at Denny's. And, uh, we, it's a monthly show. It's only once a month. And we, it's the one show where we talk about things that are not nerdy. Okay. Like we, we kind of do like politics and, and current events and stuff like that. Um, and then I do a show called The Comic Wrap Up, which is all about comic books. And that's actually, uh, with the owner of my local comic book store. Um, four color fantasies and we actually record it in the store yeah i've heard a couple of those episodes and you also do like um uh movie night type uh when they there's a you i i listened to an episode that was um big trouble in little china yes yeah there's um i have a friend named bernie bregman and he has a, a thing called nerds like us and they do midnight movie screenings at the Vista Theater in L.A. And he uh, he does a lot of like the 80s and 90s uh, fan favorite cult classic type films. And uh, he usually does one a month. And we'll often go down there and, and podcast before the screening and, uh, you know, chat with him. And, and sometimes we get to chat with, uh, you know, with fans of the films and stuff like that. Um, Big Trouble Little China was interesting because... They had three three actors from the film uh, that were there, and we got to interview two of them. 
and um it was it was a tremendous experience because these these guys were like legends like you um al leong i recognized like the moment i saw him and i haven't seen him in anything since the mid like maybe like early 90s um and just the getting the chance to interview him was tremendous and he was such a just a sweet sweet man like he he had no ego he just he came over he was delighted to talk to us um and it was yeah it was it was great so uh, we do we do those from time to time we'll actually be doing uh they're doing the craft yeah next month and uh, we'll be there to podcast for that that sounds like a lot of fun yeah that that interview kind of you could just tell that everybody involved was having a good time because you guys sounded tickled and they sounded like they were you know in their element and just loving it and uh it was a very fun episode mm-hmm. yeah it's it's so hard sometimes when you get to meet people of that caliber and you're supposed to be composed and professional and you're, you know, you're just fanboying out right in front of right, them. Right, exactly. <laughs> but I think it's a lot. I think, I think they understand it and uh, I think it's uh, sometimes a little bit more fun for them because it's probably a lot better to be interviewed by somebody who's fanboying out about you than somebody who barely knows your work. Oh, yeah, for sure. Who are you again? Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, very cool. Very cool. Well, thank you for, for giving us a little idea of who you are as we move on to the things that we did this week to keep it geeky. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a really good start to the week uh, because I was on your show last Sunday. <laughs> and uh, I, I have to say it was a lot of fun because I don't think I've just sat around and geeked out about stuff like that. In ages, I mean, we we talk a little bit with people on this show where we'll let ourselves geek out, and I know when my friend Ray is on the show, we we really just kind of fanboy about all sorts of stuff. But to get into the the chain of um, theories on why the movies aren't doing well or what we expect to see, like I haven't done that in so long. It felt like I was back in college sitting around with all my buddies. So uh, <laughs> that was a that was a good start to the week. <laughs> Well, and, and uh, you know, shout out to you for ma- making the drive out to actually be with us in the studio. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, it was. It was you. a lot of fun. Um, but that was <laughs> – I peaked early this week because it was one of those busy weeks where it was, you know, get up, go to work, come home, eat dinner, go to bed. <laughs> um, we, did, mm-hmm. we did get a little bit uh, into Quantico. I don't know if you've watched that TV series at all. Um, uh, I've seen the commercials for it, but I have not actually watched that one. Yeah, we're we're big fans here. We're hoping that the second season doesn't jump the shark because a lot of second seasons tend to do that. But uh, we did that a little bit and and got a little bit further into uh, Marvel Agents of Shield. So mm, uh, did you if... uh, second episode? Second episode. And uh, what did you think? I don't like the. Um, uh, what's the name of the head of Shield? Oh, the the director. Yeah, I, I don't I'm like the sure, director. Not sure his name, but yeah. Um, I I know he's supposed to. Uh, have you've seen it? Yeah. I have. Yes. Okay, yeah. So spoilers. So um, I don't know what superhero he is supposed to be. I've seen some theories online, but I know the point is is that you're not supposed to like the guy, but I really don't like the guy. <laughs> um. <laughs> I, I think it's going in some. It could go into very interesting ways, 
I think it's going to be like a lot of seasons of uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. where it's not going to pick up till Doctor Strange comes out. What do you think? Um, I actually, I'm enjoying this season very much so far, and I that may be mostly in part to the introduction of Ghost Rider. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like, I, I, I as I said um, on, on my show, when you were on, like, I read that actual version of Ghost Rider when they had him in the comic books. So I'm, I, I don't know if that's breeding familiarity that's making me enjoy it. Um, but I do think it's an interesting thing. I mean, just the idea of a named character finally right. on the show and kind of being a regular cast member, I think is very exciting stuff. Um, and I feel like they've handled it pretty well. Um, yeah, I think the shield stuff is a little bit weird. Um, I got to say the reveal again, spoilers, uh, the reveal that the director of shield is an inhuman I actually thought was very interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, yeah, the guy is kind of, uh, as you said, like it feels like they're building him up to where you're not supposed to like him. Right. Um, and that definitely comes across, yeah, for sure. Uh, <laughs> but I, I do like the idea that it's an inhuman that's running the, the organization now. Um, but for me, it was kind of weird because I just I haven't, I didn't like rewatch the season finale or anything like that to refresh myself before the current season started. So I was actually a bit confused when they were talking about the new director. I, for whatever reason, thought it was the, um, the Colonel from the last season. Yeah. Yeah. The guy who used to be on heroes. Yes. Yeah. Uh, That's who I thought was supposed to be in charge. And then when they came in and it was this other guy, I was like, huh? Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I I guess I think a lot of times they and if they wrap it up, awesome. If they don't wrap it up, that's where I think the problem's going to be. But I think a lot of times they they spend too much time setting up conflict when really you could have just as good of a story telling this kind of more adventure story as opposed to the angsty. Well, we've got to you know. I always feel like it's it's less entertaining when it's you know oh. Daddy's watching and will get in trouble if we do the wrong thing. And I just see it heading in that direction. Um, mm-hmm. But I guess that might be just a personal taste thing. I And I, I am not a, a huge, I'm not, I don't dislike a ghostwriter, but I, he was never on my radar as far as comic books go. So I think in a lot of cases that that might be where my disconnect comes from. Yeah. It's overall, though, S.H.I.E.L.D. has been one of those shows that really, it's an, it's I don't think it has consistency. Mm-mm, not at all. In any way, like it really like it has it has super high peaks and then super low valleys. So it's <laughs> very much so. I would agree so, with that. But overall, I think I enjoy it, and that's why we we stick with it because there's plenty of plenty of shows that I I don't give it as much of a chance. I just kind of know that because it has those arcs that if there's something that I'm not enjoying about this episode, an episode you know, one or two down the road will will catch me and, and bring me back in. So mm-hmm. very good. But I mean that for me, honestly, that was <laughs> that was about it for my geekiness this week. Uh we went to see uh As You Like It at uh, uh a college campus with a bunch of my students last night. But uh other than and how, that how was that? It was good. It was they they, they do a, a production every year that they invite us to and um 
it's always Shakespeare, and it's a little hard to convince the students that they're they're going to enjoy it. Um, but once they we get them there, they usually are pretty okay with it. You see, and I find that so sad because I even I'm like, how young was I when I fell in love with a language I didn't understand? I I've loved Shakespeare since uh, like before I can remember, uh, to be honest with you. And maybe it is because. Um, uh, like I'm an actor and things like that, and so I, maybe you just gravitate towards it. Mm-hmm. Um, but like even as a writer, like I've tried uh, in high school, I, I like wrote a play in in a Shakespearean type tone and tried to like mimic his language, and so I just find it fascinating and beautiful. And so it's it saddens me when you have to like convince somebody like to check it out. Yeah, yeah, and it's. It's rough because I think, you know, I am an English teacher, but I'm a, I'm a theater person first, and I, I just can't stand the way a lot of English teachers present Shakespeare to their students, because it's not meant to be read. And if you're sitting in class reading through this play, the kids are going to get bored, because it is hard to digest the language if it's not being emoted and performed, and a lot of English teachers are like, but the language is so rich and beautiful, and it's like, yeah, but that's not how it's supposed to be presented. And so you're, you're losing a lot of that, um, the, the connotation that comes with it, that even if you don't understand every single word, by the way the person's moving or emoting, you can, you can get it. And I think so often students are, are subjected to reading through in class. <laughs> you know, I would hate it too if that's all, I, all my introduction was to it. Mm-hmm. So. I in my English teacher would always anytime we had any type of uh, material that was in a play format we did the the you know people were assigned a character and we would read it out loud mm-hmm. um, in class which uh, I, you know I don't I don't know how the rest of the class felt about it but again as a as an actor like I loved it but I'm also like a very shy person in in like when you don't know me mm-hmm. and especially in school so like I never volunteered uh to read things and it was one of those things where the only like if the teacher called on me to read a part and then I would I would read the heck out of that part and then the teacher would reckon oh like oh this kid knows how to read and and say things out loud and then they would start assigning me bigger parts when we would continue forward um, but yeah, I, I loved that. And I, you know, I, I felt like it was, um, I, again, because it's a play, I don't know if that's just like how the teacher should be presenting it, but that's how my teacher did. And to me, it made the material just that much more entertaining and, and made me want to get into it more. That's awesome because I, I think that's, that's gotta be a special skill because I know, um, a, a lot of teachers when they do, um, assign uh, Shakespeare to to their classes if they aren't having them just read. I think I read Hamlet on my own by myself, and I, I was like, "Why am I doing this? Like, I love this play, but you know." And you're kind of skimming because you're like, "I know the play, so <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not worried about reading every word because I, I know the play." But um, the uh, you know that that's such a such a harsh way to read it. And then if they do cast it in class and and aren't you know, cluing into the ones that are getting into it and are going to make it enjoyable for everybody else. It it it's it's a long it's a long slog. But but yeah, so that was that was my geeky week. Um, not a lot, but uh, 
but just enough to just enough to get get us through. <laughs> how, about, <laughs> how about you? Um, well, I uh, I discovered Star Trek Online uh, for the Xbox One, which I guess has been out for a few weeks now, and it's a free game. Uh, it's a, it's a, like an MMO type situation, but in the uh, Star Trek universe. And I pretty much did nothing except that this week. <laughs> uh, it kind of took over my life a little bit. Um, but I'm, I'm, I am now the rank of captain and I have like a fleet of ships. Uh, <laughs> it's, it, but it's, it's a lot of fun. Like if anyone that is a fan of Star Trek, whether it's original series, next generation or, Voyager, Deep Space Nine, any of that. Uh, I think you, in fact, even the reboot stuff, because the, uh, the game takes place in the Star Trek universe, uh, like, with the, with the reboot storyline incorporated into it. Okay. So, but it still has all the, um, like original series and, you know, next generation stuff as history. And because it's Star Trek, you know, there's, there's always, uh, temporal anomalies that you're going to run into that allow you to go back in time and work with the original crew uh, from the original Enterprise and and weird stuff like that. But it, it's a lot of fun, and they I feel like they've done a very good job at recreating the whole Star Trek universe and just immersing you in it. And you just you feel like you're like yes, yes, I am a cadet who has risen to the rank of captain. Let's do this. Um, but uh, yeah. That's that's been most of my week. That's awesome. I I dipped my toe into that a little bit over the summer, and uh, and then got sidetracked by other shiny before I got too far into it. But I, <laughs> I, you're making me want to boot it up, so <laughs> that may be in my future. <laughs> the the only thing that I have found annoying about the game thus far, there's a there's a mission where you're dealing with these. Uh, what are they called? I think they're called Davidians. Mm-hmm. I think is the name of them, but it's been a while since I did that mission because it happened rather early on. But uh, they're creatures that feed off of the energy of of other life forms, mm-hmm. and there's a temporal rift that they have opened up, um, and it's something to do with this comet that they've leached off of and whatever. But you go through the temporal rift to try to stop them at their source which is back in the 23rd century. Uh, so you, you go back and you, uh, uh, you're on a space station and you actually meet Bones and you help out Bones. Um, and then you come back to your time and then you figure something else and you go back to their time. So you go back to stop them and destroy this comet. When you're on this space station, these creatures are like attacking in full force. Everyone on the space station is flipped out and panicked. You run into Scotty. Okay, and Scotty needs to help you so you can get back to your ship and blow up this comet. But Scotty needs something from a female character, and so you have to go run to this female character. This female character is like scared, stupid, mm-hmm. and she won't help you unless you can calm her down. And the way that you have to calm her down is to get her a drink. And so you go, you have to go back to Scotty and keep. And there's also like a bar and stuff like that, and a bartender, and there's people in there, but everyone's panicked, so I don't know why they're still serving drinks, but let's ignore that for (laughs) a moment. But you have to go back to Scotty, and then you have to be like, hey, I need to get her a drink to calm her down. You know her. What can you suggest? And then you have to 
there's like six different drink options that you have to choose, and Scotty will tell you how she reacted to each of those drinks. And then it's your responsibility to go to the bartender and mix the perfect drink using the qualities that she liked from certain drinks without using the qualities that she didn't like to make the perfect cocktail. And then you have to take that cocktail to her. So she'll drink it, calm down, give you the item that you have to go and take back to Scott. Like I was so frustrated and flipping out. I was like, just, 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 Make this woman give you like pull out your phaser, point it at her, tell her to calm down, give you the information. Like, why am I having to run around and get her a drink right now? This makes no sense. <laughs> yeah, that that sounds like somebody had a great idea for uh, a quest, but was not quite sure where to put it, and that may not have been the best choice. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like this. No, the, the, these things are about to destroy this place. I am not playing a bar barmaid right now. Why is this a thing? <laughs> well, it sounds like a lot of fun. I'm gonna. I, the more I hear you talk about it, the more I'm like, all right, that may be the next thing on my list to to get back into. So that's cool. So that's yeah. That's mainly what I did. Um, but I I also uh, binge watched Marvel's Luke Cage on Netflix, which came out Friday. All right, without, <laughs> without spoiling everything. Well, first of all, I'm very impressed that you you uh, completely binged through that because that's a, a lot of hours of TV uh, to to force into one day. Um, I don't know that we will be able to go it, it quite is. that fast, <laughs> but it is nonetheless well, impressive. It, for me, I also because I'm a writer, I I do often like I'll work on stuff while I have the TV going. So, I mean, my focus isn't necessarily a hundred percent on the TV, which, yeah, I don't know. That's uh that's a good 13 hours of television. I don't know if I could just, you know, sit straight through it and, and focus on nothing but that, that, that does seem, that'd be like an endurance test. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but no. uh, I completed, uh, completed the season at about 3 AM. Now without, without spoiling what, what are your impressions? Did you love it? Did you hate it? Somewhere in between? Um, I think I'm somewhere in between on it because I Daredevil, I loved both seasons of um, Jessica Jones. I loved. I actually love that. Um, so I was expecting to love Luke Cage. And while I think the character is very well represented, um, and and don't get me wrong, I did enjoy the the season, and I I would you know recommend anybody who's a fan of the other series or the character or comic books or television uh just to to definitely check it out but there were parts of it that I you know was just not as impressed with as I was with the other shows I think that's about all I can say without spoiling anything or getting into any specifics okay as we as we watch through I'll have to look for them and be like how about this one <laughs> we're we're lagging here what do you think <laughs> Um, yeah, I, I don't know that it is on my, I, I've mentioned on my, um, previous episodes that my husband is not a huge, uh, geek. He doesn't necessarily like as much of this stuff, but the superhero stuff he can get into pretty easily, but I have not reminded him that that is what will be on our TV for the next <laughs> several days. Um, so we'll, hopefully I will kind of just be able to slip. Oh, by the way, um, but yeah, so it sounds like uh, you know, does it at least feel like they're building to to something bigger? Because I think I'm already ready for 
kind of the team movie or series, whichever they... I don't remember if they've said that they're doing it as a series or a movie, but I know that Secret Defenders are going to be I, a I culmination be- of all I, this. I believe it's supposed to be a series, and and in, in thinking about that, I don't know. I don't know if maybe just like the CW hasn't uh, doesn't have the the rights to it or whatever, but that sounds like a brilliant idea. Like what the, I think the CW does a very nice thing where they cross over mm-hmm. their characters on on each other's shows, and I love that. That's one of my favorite things about what they do, and the fact that. They're adding Supergirl to that lineup and adding, you know, Superman uh, as a guest at least to her show, and then the uh, the crossovers that they're going to have with all the other shows. I'm very excited for. And so the idea that Netflix has taken these properties, and you know, while they don't necessarily do direct crossovers, there is reference to tie the universes together. You know, there's a um, I. Without, it's not really giving anything away, but there's a character in Jessica Jones who's like a district attorney, I think, or something like that. Right. And and he makes an appearance in Luke Cage, and it's and you know, uh, or no, no, not Jessica Jones. It was, I think, it was the second season of Daredevil, is what it is. Um, but anyway, he's a he's a district attorney, and he you know he's in there, and and it definitely ties the universes together. Um, and uh, there is a nice nod to actually the film universe in uh in the Luke Cage series and it's subtle it's, it's something that's very subtle but when you see it you're just like yeah okay i like that um but the idea that they've they've created this and rather than just having them guest on each other's respective seasons like the the idea that they're going to just create a series that teams them up together i love that i just i love that idea because you're not taking away from their own individual seasons and you can still tie those together but then yeah they just come together for one season for some big bad thing you know what right. i mean if the cw could do that you know if they could if they could have these separate se- you know shows and then just have like a justice league season that just has all the characters together all the time and has an overall like that would be amazing i think yeah, I think there's so much potential there, and I think it's awesome that Netflix does that. And I think the reason why they can is because, you know, they can really do whatever they want because they're kind of writing the rules for for streaming right now. But um, but I, I think the reason CW doesn't do that kind of stuff is because they're still locked into that. Well, we have to have a season; has to have this many episodes, you know. And if we we don't have a season of Supergirl, well, we just don't have Supergirl. And you know, I. I wish they would start thinking a little bit more out of the box. I still say that we need to go to a a, a more British version of our TV shows. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because, I mean, I, I I don't know if you find this, but a lot of times a season will have those episodes that you're kind of like, all right, this was just a filler episode. They they didn't really need to have this one here. They would have told a much tighter story. Um you know, so yeah. I would be I would be a fan of saying, you know, just tell, take as many as much as I love long seasons. Take as many episodes as you need to tell the story, and then be done with the season. Yeah, it's funny that you you say that because um, uh, me and uh, and uh, one of my writing partners were were working on a television show. We're writing a television show, and the just yesterday the topic came up of, hey, how long do we want to write this season? Like, how how many episodes do we want in this season? And 
uh, he brought up that he's like, you know, like with the CW type shows, there's always filler episodes and, and you, you recognize that those are filler episodes right when you see them. And you're like, yeah, we could have done without that entirely. And so we decided that we were going to write a short, like 10 episode season because we feel like we don't need 22 episodes to tell the story, mm-hmm. you know? So yeah, that's, I, I, I tend to agree with you on that. Um, it is, <laughs> weird with british television especially if you're used to american television that that series runs so short mm-hmm. um and i feel like if if there's enough content that somebody can make it work i think maybe with sitcoms it works a little bit better um because sitcoms don't necessarily have an overarching story so to have 22 episodes 22 half hour episodes of just nonsense and silliness um uh, that's I think a little easier to get behind because every episode's filler um, in, the, in that regard. Uh, but then you watch like a, a British sitcom and uh, you know it's like six episodes, eight episodes, and it's over. And you're like, but wait, I, I love this. Give me more. Yeah, I'm trying to think of which one we watched that we were just like, that's it. <laughs> um, I think it was In Betweeners. I think it was mm-hmm. In Betweeners. And yeah, and we got through the end of the season. We're like, that's it. Like. What, what I, I would like more of this funny, please. <laughs> so, but hey, at least I keep you wanting more. Yeah, no, for sure. And that's I just recently discovered. Uh, it's called the IT Crowd mm-hmm. on uh, on Netflix, and it's like my new favorite show. And there, they had four seasons, um, and then one kind of um, like what, like a one hour just to wrap everything up episode that they called the fifth season. Um, but the entirety of that, of their show is basically like just slightly longer than one season of American television. And it's just like, no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, it is definitely a different way of looking at things and, and definitely has its, its advantages and disadvantages. But, um, but yeah, it, Again, I think always wanting us to or us wanting more, I think is definitely not a not a bad thing because they can always bring it back. <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. I you're absolutely right with that. And and with like the Netflix shows, I don't think like the stories uh that they're telling with Daredevil and and Jessica Jones and Luke Cage, I don't think those could stand up to a 22 you know, episode season or anything like that. Like all the Netflix shows, they keep it short uh, and they kind of keep the, I think 10, 10 to 13 episode uh, seasons mm-hmm. is very good because they, yeah, they, they can make every episode super strong. Um, and they do like they, you know, they have these shows that they make you want to sit down and watch television for 13 hours. And that's not natural. No, you know, <laughs> not at all, but we do it. And then, and then you're pining for the next season for the next year until it comes out. So they're very smart in in the way that they're doing things for sure. Well, and they are definitely the masters of ending on a cliffhanger, mm-hmm. just so that you you have to go into that next um, that next episode. I know with the second season of Daredevil, there was once or twice where you know I was in the middle of school, so I didn't have a lot of a lot of time to to watch in the evenings, but. I got to the end of an episode and it was at the cliffhanger and I was like, all right, I'm watching the next five minutes 
and I had to force myself to just stop after five minutes. So once that scene was over and they were getting ready to move on to something else, I'm like, all right, no, I'm not going to get sucked in. I just need to know what happened. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they're very good at that for sure. Yeah, very cool. Well, awesome. It sounds like you had a, a fun, geeky week. I did. I absolutely did, yeah. Awesome. Well, before we get into a little bit of the news, uh, we're going to talk about Palm Springs Comic Con. It's coming in November between uh, November 19th and 20th at the Hard Rock Hotel in Palm Springs. Just want to keep that on everybody's radar. It is, you know, already October, so it is coming quickly, folks. So make your plans and and come out and visit. Uh, I will be doing a couple of panels and possibly moderating a few as well. And so we'd love to see you come out there. All right. So some of the little news items that have come through every. Every geek culture website this week has had something on how much actors get at convention autographs. Have you seen these articles? Uh, I have not seen those articles, but um, having attended quite a number of the cons where these actors are, I, I've seen it firsthand. So, <laughs> you know, I guess the way it works is that the actor will have to be guaranteed a certain amount. Um, and and that's the way the contract works. But they'll get you know anywhere from ten thousand dollars to forty thousand dollars, and some will walk away. I think they said Norman Reedus will walk away with like two hundred fifty thousand from one appearance. Mm-hmm. No, I believe that absolutely because you you see the lines of of people that are lined up to get their autograph or get a picture taken, and then you look at the prices that are being charged for said services. And it, you're just, it's, it's dumbfounding. Like the amount of money that's being exchanged just to, just to have that, you know? Yeah. And it's kind of one of those things where I'm like, well, these are people who do make a considerable amount of money in general. Um, and they're giving, you know, away their weekends to meet fans, which I can't always, I'm sure, I mean, we've heard on other news items that, um, that it's not always a positive experience for them. I mean, yeah. if you're Norman Reedus and you get bit by a fan. That's 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 a bad day. Um, <laughs> so it's kind of like I I understand the the getting paid for it, but it's you know when you see the numbers, it's a little hard to it's a little hard to wrap your mind around. Yeah, but I think that's one of those things too where it, I don't know, and I'm sure it's d- different depending on the con because I'm you know certain conventions they pay. They just pay the celebrity to be there. And it's not just a, oh, come on down and however much you make, you make kind of a situation. Um, and, and then obviously the con is, I'm sure, making money off of the situation as well, or else why would they, you know, why would they care? Mm-hmm. Um, but it is, it's just, uh, there's only what, one time I think I paid a ridiculous amount of money and but I, and by rid, ridiculous I mean I maybe paid like 20 20 bucks or something like that and that was to get a picture with Weird Al Yankovic and for me it was it was my first convention and when I saw that he was there he's been like my boyhood hero like <laughs> I love music but I love me Weird Al music more than any other music in the world mm-hmm. and so for me it was one of those there wasn't a huge line it was a Sunday at a con and I you know I brought money expecting to blow it on on you know whatever and he was there and it was like oh, let's do this I'm doing it and 
to me that was worth it and he was very you know very nice um and like you say like they have to deal with all these fans and the the fact that they can keep up that kind of smile and and grace and elegance you know is is a testament to them um because they're there all day doing that but he was very nice and i thought it was totally worth it now i'm also a big firefly fan uh and i was at another convention where Jewel State was there, and I don't know if I pronounced her name correctly, her last name correctly, but she was there, and I like I had the biggest crush on her when she was on the show, and so I was like, oh, I have to do this. I have to go get her autograph, and she wasn't actually there. There was a sign-up when she was going to return, and it was $50 oh, wow. to, to get a picture with her, uh, and I was like, ooh, yeah, that's okay. I don't like her that much, <laughs> you know. Um, and uh, it, and it's kind of sad when you see older celebrities, or, or maybe even not. Like, there's some that I, I think are still working and relevant, but there's that kind of like a we call it the uh, the Isle of Shame, yeah, almost because there's like nobody there. <laughs> nobody wants these people's autographs and things like that. Um, and, uh, we were at one convention and Eric Roberts was there. For those of you that don't know, that's, that's Julia Roberts' less successful brother. Uh, <laughs> but hey, look, they both have the ability to cry on command. It's, it's uncanny. Um, uh, but he was there and I saw him from afar and I am a, I am a fan of a lot of the things that he's been in. And so I looked over and I saw him and he was in that area where nobody was around. There was no one in his line, and he saw me, and he came out like he—he he was so desperate that he—that he caught my attention and he wanted to make money. That he came out from behind his thing, and came over to me, and basically wheeled and dealed with me, like what it was gonna like take to spend money to get his picture, and uh, and we we were like, well, he came over and he talked to us. We have to go talk to him. So we went over to his booth. And we're like, all right, what's the deal? What what is this going to take? And he's like, well, it's it's twenty dollars for a print. It's this for this. He's like, or it's five dollars, and you can take a picture with me on your own camera phone. And we were like, five dollars, done. <laughs> <laughs> but it was it was so it felt so sad. It's like, Eric, I you 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 work regularly. Like I watch you on television shows and movies all the time, and you're here pining for. Five, for five dollars, like it, it felt so weird and sad. That just that like it's it's almost heartbreaking. <laughs> like, dude, what are you doing with your life? Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah, that that makes me because I have been known on occasion to walk past the the Isle of Shame, uh, just to see who's there because you just you just never know. You never know who it's gonna be, and um. And, and now I'm kind of worried. It's like, okay, don't make eye contact. <laughs> don't make eye contact. <laughs> it's true. It's, uh, but um, yeah. I mean, there's always certain people you can guarantee are going to be there, like Lou Ferrigno, mm-hmm. um, a handful of Power Rangers, and uh, people from Star Trek. Yeah. Like the... not, not even. And when I say people from Star Trek, I don't mean like 
main cast members from Star Trek. I mean, like, people who played, like, a character in one episode of Star Trek, and that's, like, they're living on that. And you're like, what? Is there, there's a demand for your autograph? That's crazy. Yeah, red shirt number five. But I was in three episodes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for real. Although I can't really say I blame somebody in that regard, because if that if that was my claim to fame and I was invited to a convention, absolutely, I'd be there. No, I'd have a T-shirt with my picture on it from like a still from the the TV show, the little hat. Yeah. I, I was I was red shirt number five. Like, yeah. I would be very happy. I'd have my I'd have my autobiography about my day on set. <laughs> <laughs> so that's there, folks. So I guess I guess the the moral of this story is, um, you know, if you if you do. Uh, like to to engage with the, the actors and then you're you're the only ones who can put a value on that but um you know as to what you will and will not do but you know be careful if you're if you're going down the the aisle of shame because if you may make eye contact uh you you may be spending some money <laughs> yeah you you may be you may be paying five dollars to eric roberts <laughs> um Wired had a list of um, articles. There was one article that I, I wanted to talk about in particular, but they, they had just little ideas and things that were coming up with move, superhero movies. So they mentioned that Cyborg looks like they've kind of teased that Cyborg will be in the Flash movie. Um, I don't know if you have opinions about that. I don't... Uh, just because I don't really have opinions on the Flash movie mm-hmm. either, I think that's it's one of those where I'm in a weird place with that because I like the television show version of the Flash and the idea that he's going to be that I'm going to have to like see this character presented anew um, on film is just it just feels wrong and mm-hmm. <laughs> weird. Um, you know, I will say his little, the the brief little cameo of the Flash in Suicide Squad, I did enjoy, um, but that didn't really like make me feel one way or the other about the upcoming film. Yeah, I don't know that I was uh, like, I feel like all of the DC movies right now, I'm just kind of like, I'm gonna go see them, but I have very low expectations, and. Yet when I get in there, I'm, I'm just hoping upon hope it's going to be better than I'm expecting it to be. And so mm-hmm. I've just kind of like the the next one is, I think is is Wonder Woman, and I want it to be good, but I just don't have the faith right now. Yeah, that one I actually am feeling very hopeful for, just based on the people that are involved and and the stuff that I have seen from it. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm I'm and the fact that. Uh, Wonder Woman was the most exciting part of Batman v Superman, in my opinion. Absolutely. You know, like, or just her, her brief moments in the final battle and like seeing how, how much the character enjoyed being in that battle. And you're like, yes, Mm -hmm. that, that is Wonder Woman right there. Um, so, you know, they've already kind of gotten it right. And knowing that I, I don't think Zack Snyder really has any, uh, in like involvement creatively on that film, I, he may be like a producer or something like that, but he's not the director, and I'm very excited about that. Um, plus, it's a period film, like period piece, and uh, you know, Captain America: The First Avenger was one of my favorites, 
So uh, it, it looks like it's going to kind of follow that same vein. So I have really high hopes for that, and I hope those, I hope my high hopes <laughs> don't get dashed. You know, because like you said, going in with low expectations, and then you're like delightfully surprised sometimes. Like with Suicide Squad, it's not a good movie, mm-hmm. but I went in with such low expectations that when I watched it the first time, I was like, this, this is a bad movie, but I was still entertained. You know. Yeah, no, I'm I'm the same way, and I've I've kind of learned with a lot of movies, even ones that I know are gonna be decent. I I had to very, I had to monitor my my enthusiasm for Captain America: um, Civil War, because I'm like mm-hmm. I think this is gonna be a really good movie, but I don't want to overhype it because then you know it's not giving it it's it's giving it an unfair disadvantage because it's not gonna be able to live up to my my expectations. So I've I've tried with everything to keep it very. Low expectations going in and just like enjoy the ride and then be able to kind of digest it afterwards and say, all right, was it good? Was it bad? What do I think? Yeah. No, and that's definitely like a, I think a smart way to, to handle it because yeah, you don't want to be yeah, overly pumped, like you said, and then it, it can't possibly, cause that's, I think sometimes I've had the worst viewing experiences when I have been late to see something and everyone else in the world hyped it up and said it's the greatest movie of all time and then you're like yes and then you go in and it for you personally was not the greatest movie of all time and then you feel let down yeah so yeah um the second part of the thing is they they showed um the new pictures of tom holland's spider-man suit have you seen these i think i saw something um that looked kind of like a like a behind the scenes, like on the set or something like that. Is that yeah. what you're talking about? Yeah. 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 And it looks like they've got, I, I can't tell for sure, but it looks like they're doing cartridge, um, webbing. Cause I mm-hmm. think that's what's all around his waist. It's the same as what's around his wrists. And so I'm guessing those look like they might be the little cartridges that go into the, so that would be kind of, I don't think we've ever had a, a Spider-Man run out of webbing, which I know has been a, a very prevalent, uh, plot point in a lot of comics throughout the years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I suppose when they do, cause like even when they did the last, uh, reboot of Spider-Man and they restored it back to it actually being, you know, webbing that he created, um, you know, as far as Hollywood's concerned, that's probably not something that you you focus on. Much in the same way that nobody ever uses a restroom in a movie, right? Like, right, right. You know, they just feel like it's it's not necessary. But yeah, in the comics, it definitely does play a big part, and it would make sense for that to be featured at some point in a film to where the action's happening and he's just not thinking about it, and yeah, it it runs out, and he's got to quickly change it out, you know. It, yeah, it makes so, sense. Yeah, some kind of I I just it, it's kind of one of those little fan things that you're like, okay, they're 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 explaining this away. There there's a potential here for a plot point. So that's awesome. Were were you um were you bothered by the original Spider-Man films, the fact that it was just like he could produce it out yeah. of his wrists? <laughs> yeah, I wasn't a fan of that. I wasn't a fan of that, but I was like, okay, they they're simplifying it. It it's what it is. You know, I didn't get stuck on it, but it was definitely not my. I did have that initial uh, no, <laughs> wrong. <laughs> like what? Put, it doesn't put, even. It doesn't even up, make sense. Push up the glasses. Well, actually. <laughs> um. So that was there, and then I guess uh, Sam 
Sam Neill from Jurassic Park fame is going to be in Thor Ragnarok. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But as of this article, we don't know as whom. And for most people, it doesn't even matter. They're just excited that Sam Neill is going to be a part of it. Like I, I most things that guy is in, I will watch. Uh, he is a is a tremendous talent. Yeah, he absolutely is. So I'm looking forward to that. The one that pulled me into this article, though, and it was more just because why is this a thing, is that everybody, all all week, all my feed was saying, well, Doctor Strange is going to be in Avengers Infinity War. Doctor Strange is going to be Avengers Infinity did, did we not know this? Yeah, that seems like a weird, a weird statement to make in like a, <laughs> guess what? News news drill like uh, no we we kind of figured that I think yeah and I mean I don't even think you have to be a geek that's familiar with the Infinity War series that I mean that's kind of just the mo everybody that we're anytime we bring somebody in they're going to be in additional movies and Avengers Infinity Infinity War is going to be the one that everybody is in mm-hmm. Yeah, so I was kind of surprised that this was like, and that was all the titles. It was like he's going to be in Avengers: Infinity War. Like, yeah, we we knew this. <laughs> this is not news. Yeah. Now, if they if they release news that was like Daredevil is going to be in the Infinity War, then that would be to me that would be news. That would be like, oh, okay, yeah. Now now we're getting interesting, you know, because I, it, while that's a thing, like these, the most interesting thing about the Marvel Cinematic Universe is that their TV. And movie properties are all together. And not just, you know, the TV properties that are on different networks. Like, it's all a shared universe. And so, sure, there's the possibility that those heroes could be. But is it likely they're going to appear in the movies? No. So, yeah, if they made some kind of announcement like that. But the movies, like, we know that Marvel's doing things in phases. And everything that's part of a phase is getting featured in, you know, this big movie where everything comes together. Yeah, so I just thought it was I just thought it was kind of funny. And I I still want to know and maybe maybe you have some ideas. Um I had heard that a huge number like something like 60 superheroes are supposed to be in Infinity War. And I have no idea where they're getting these 60 superheroes unless they are just throwing in a bunch of characters that we haven't met yet, which I mm-hmm. would be fine with. But I, I don't know where they're getting these um, these 60 heroes. So anybody that they can throw in, uh, I just assume they will. You know, And they said they're yeah. not doing the Netflix people and they're not doing the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. people. So Yeah. Yeah, I, who knows with that? I mean, the Infinity War was such a big deal in the comics that, you know, you kind of feel like you have to include additional heroes. But, you know, it's it's one of those things where I think – if there's a bunch of people included, it'll it'll be kind of like a spoilery, like a like an Easter egg kind of a situation to where, you know, there there may not be named and you may not see much of them, but the the hardcore fans will be like, oh, that's this person and that's this person. So, yeah, which could be amazingly fun, but you know, I'm I think I think the trying to figure it out is also part of the fun. Like who, who else would they possibly put in there? I mean, they've talked about, um, wonder man supposed to be, uh, Nathan Fillion, uh, mm. coming in one of the movies. I don't know that he's actual, actually wonder man yet, but, um, that, that was announced a while ago. 
Um, but there's so many characters they can pull from that it's like I want to yeah. know where they're gonna, who they're gonna put in there, and and how they're gonna get them there. Yeah, my fear with that though is that if you have too many in in a in a kind of an Easter egg situation, like that, it might take away from what's going on because you will be like, oh, oh, who's that? Look, I'm looking for this person. Hey, look, I found Waldo. Like, you know what I mean? Like, you're gonna be like you're you're gonna be so distracted by trying to find things that you may not be focused on what what's important. Right, right. The other thing I've heard is is the idea that um, Doctor Strange is supposed to introduce the idea of the multiverse, and so mm-hmm. they may just have the actors playing multiple different characters. Like, we may get, you know, the Falcon, and yet then kind of like an alternate version of him as Captain America and same thing mm-hmm. with the Winter Soldier. So that's that's another theory that's kind of running around there that it's going to be different versions of the heroes we already know. Oh, that, and that would be interesting. I could yeah. get into that. Yeah, it would be kind of fun. So that was a bunch of the stuff that was in one of those articles. Um, the only other thing I kind of wanted to, to talk about was, Are you? did you ever read The Runaways? I, I did not. Um, it's just kind of a fun Marvel uh, cart, uh, comic that came out, I guess, in the, the 90s. And they're doing it on Hulu. Mm-hmm. And the, the premise is, is that these these kids find out... They, they have, once a year, they their parents get together, and they, they have to kind of hang out with each other because their parents are doing whatever their parents are doing. And so this just happens every year, and they don't question it because, you know, it's just what their families do. It's like their big little yearly reunion. And one year they realize that the reason why their their parents get together is their parents are supervillains, and they're conducting this, like, weird sacrifice, sacrificial ritual. And um, they catch their parents doing this, and it freaks them out, and they run away, hence the name The Runaways. And they all of a sudden realize that they're they have superpowers or they're from a, a superpower legacy and uh and so it's them kind of running from their parents and trying to figure out who they are and this is going to become a hulu series mm. so so that's kind of exciting and apparently they've announced that uh marvel's uh writer for iron fist is going to be doing um runaways so you know, if they're tapping somebody who's working on the Netflix series, then that's kind of exciting because those have been pretty decent all the way through now. Oh yeah, for sure. It's. It, it, do you think that's gonna? I mean, it shouldn't, but do you think that to having that writer go write for the other show? Do you think that's gonna take away in any way from uh, from Iron Fist itself or the or the future of the the shows on Netflix? It really depends on what they decide to do with the shows from Netflix. I think since they're going to have so many characters and since they are introducing more that I don't know that they initially expected to get their own series, like I know Punisher's getting his own series, they can only do so many a year. Yeah. And so I I honestly think that after we get Iron Fist, I don't see getting another Luke Cage Iron Fist series. I think if they're going to do them, they're going to do them together because those characters are so tied to one another. Um, and I would mm-hmm. think after this, after uh, the Defenders, uh, they they may just continue Jessica Jones, Iron Fist, and 
and Luke Cage together, and then you'll still have maybe Daredevil having his own series. But I don't know that they're all going to always have their own series. Yeah. Well, and honestly, I would be fine with that. Like if if they if they merged Luke Cage and Iron Fist together and had a show called Heroes for Hire, mm-hmm. I would be I would be giddy beyond belief um for that. So Yeah, I'm I'm I think that's the one thing I am most excited about in this whole Netflix stuff is just starting to see uh, Luke Cage crossover with Iron Fist because the, I I personally enjoyed them quite a bit when they were in their own series and uh, I like the, it, the the Netflix universe is so dark and the two of them tend to be so snarky with one another that I can mm-hmm. see it kind of adding a much needed levity to the shows yeah yeah, it would. I think it would be a fun, kind of light, uh, light-hearted team-up, or you know, the, with the banter between them. Yeah, I, I agree with you. Yeah. So that's it. That's the geeky stuff I had for everybody this week. Um, but now we're going to move on to to you and your show, Jack of All Nerds. Uh, you you told us a little bit about it earlier, but uh, give us the rundown. Tell us about it. Um, well, the Jack of All Nerds is a, it's a show that I came up with, um, it was, uh, three years in May, uh, three years ago in May. Um, and it was just, I've, ever since I was a wee lad, I've, you know, with the, with the writing and the acting background, but even before that, like I, I always wanted to be a DJ, mm-hmm. like a, like a, and not, not like a, you know, mixing music in a club, like an actual like radio disc jockey right. personality to the point where I used to like record over my mother's cassette tapes and like do fake radio shows with my sister. Um, so it's always been something that I've wanted to do. And, you know, when the, with the explosion of pod, the podcast, suddenly it was like, Oh my God, this is attainable. Like I can do this. And sure, maybe no one will listen to it. <laughs> But I can do it, and um, and I had a friend who's a comedian, and we're both big nerds, and um, I came up with I think a, there's a show on TBS called King of the Nerds. I think that's a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, at least I think that's the name of it, and it's like a reality competition show to you know be crowned the king of the nerds. And I think I was submitting an audition tape for them. And I had referred to myself in a just kind of nonchalantly. I was just like, yeah, I don't, I don't consider myself a king of the nerds, but more of a jack of all nerds because of how I know a little bit about a lot. And that's where the actual show title came from because I was like, ooh, that's good. I should use that. And then, uh, and then I pitched the idea to my friend. I was like, hey, I'm thinking about doing a podcast. This is what the name of it's going to be. And we're just going to week to week, we're just going to talk about different nerdy things would you like to come with me on this adventure and he said absolutely i would and so we started doing it um within like three months there's uh the chaotic radio which is a local internet radio station uh one of their producers had heard our show and approached us about doing a live show on their their network and that's um the, the rest as they say is history um, we started doing it live, and that actually that opened up the doors for a lot more things that we weren't able to do before. Um, having guests in a studio, for example, is a, a tremendous bonus uh, to being able to actually do a live show in a studio. It's it's very nice, and um, 
you know, appreciate everything that Chaotic has, has done for us in that time. But uh, the basic the premise of the show is that, yeah, we just each week we kind of pick a different topic. And um, and if we have a guest on, we talk about that guest and what they do, depending on their particular genre. We, you know, we do cosplayers, uh, comic book artists, writers, um, you know, just just pretty much anything. We've had a lot of actors on the show. Um Things like that. This coming weekend, we're going to be interviewing a, an author. Um, so it's, you know, it's, it's a lot of fun. It really is. It's just uh, it's an excuse once a week to get together and and nerd out. <laughs> that's awesome. I mean, that's that's exactly why I started this because it's kind of like you you don't always get that chance to kind of sit down and and talk about the stuff you love with people and uh, and you guys didn't do an amazing job with it because. Like I said at the the top of the show, I I have not just full on full out geeked like that in so long. <laughs> it was very fun. It was a lot of fun. Um, so now I I have listened to to multiple episodes, but um, but I didn't uh, didn't know about you guys until I was talking to uh, JoJo, who I met through uh, Elf through uh, Nerd Out app. Um, mm-hmm. So uh, is it usually always you and Derek, or do you have other people rotate in? It's it. The show started as me and Derek, and um, it it kind of evolved a little bit from there. When we came to Chaotic, uh, we had to have an engineer, and neither of us really like we wanted to be able to focus on hosting the show and not doing the engineer stuff. And so we brought on uh, a good friend of mine. Uh, his name's John Edis, and he uh, he became our our engineer uh, until he he passed away last year. Um, and then uh, the the engineer that you met, another friend of mine, Danny, um, we brought him on, and he's been our engineer ever since. And and I love having him on the team. Um, I think he brings a lot. He has a tremendous talent for voices and and being silly and stuff like that. And then. Uh, because Derek's a stand-up comedian, uh, there are times where he, you know, has a, a show booked and he is not available. And so I have another comedian friend of mine. His name is Sam Ridley. Um, and Sam started out as kind of, you know, he's friends with Derek and he would listen to the show and he was a fan of the show. And uh, he volunteered to come in and, you know, kind of fill in when needed. And uh, and he's been one of those. He's just a, a tremendous talent to have on the show uh, and so i love anytime we get a chance to have him come in and and work with us and then um uh the co-host of the moons over my podcast show is another comedian named matt avila uh, and he occasionally will come in and join us as a guest or in certain situations he also does fill in for derek from time to time when derek's not available as well but that's that that's the main like core group of uh of people on the show very cool. Now, um, being able to do all these different formats, um, you know, where did that come from? Just opportunity, or, or did you really feel like you know we need to branch out and do different things? Or where where I find it is, I find podcasting to just be addictive. So, <laughs> and I don't know how it, how it works for you. It uh, it actually it's a it's a really silly reason why uh, why it got branched out at all. Um, the, the hosting site that I use, um, Buzzsprout, 
they they have different packages that you can purchase and there's certain um certain sites that like when you're paying for hosting like they only provide so much uh space mm-hmm. for you to to upload uh, your podcasts per month buzzsprout doesn't work like that you can take up as much space as you want but you only have so much time to work with so i have the premier package and uh when we we were originally when we first started our podcasts were about an hour mm-hmm. you know um when we joined chaotic it suddenly became a two-hour format with commercials so when i was taking them after the fact and then turning them into the podcast for download um it, you know i i was like oh two hours an episode my goodness i i need more i need more time i need more space and so i bought their premiere package but in doing that there was way more hours allotted than i had show uh-huh. and so i was like well i, I don't want to waste the money let's just create more shows um and <laughs> so and then of course one of the things that Derek and I love to do are, are pretend we're british and so that uh the cineblokes was the very first show that we created and we both love movies we're big cinephiles and so we thought you know what we'll just do we'll do this quick little 20 minute you know we'll go see a movie and then we'll go in the you know in in the car uh, in the parking lot and we'll review it in funny british accents and we'll try to be funny I'm not saying we're always successful, but, uh, you know, and then we'll do that. Um, and then I feel like I was just at a Denny's one time and we were having a good conversation. I was like, this, this should be a podcast, like right here, what we're doing right here. And I, then I came up with the name moons over my podcast and everyone loved it. And, and they were like, yeah, so that's where that idea came from. But then we were like, look, we already do enough nerd talk on the show, Let's try to do something different. And, and for, especially for my two co-hosts on that show, because they're both stand-up comedians, like current events, like that's their bread and butter to be able to make fun of stuff. So, um, that's kind of where the idea and format came for that. Uh, and then, uh, comic wrap up was just one of those things where I have a really close relationship with the comic book store. We do a lot of their events. Um, we come out to their screenings and we, uh, we do stuff before their screenings with their audience. We give away prizes and uh, things like that. And so the idea behind that was just to have a, um, like a weekly show or every other weekly show where we talk about like what's actually coming out in comics and then, you know, also get to kind of geek out about comics as well. Um, and that show is actually really crucial in me getting back into comic books because before I started it, I hadn't picked up and read a comic book since like college Mm -hmm. and so when i first started i was woefully underprepared (laughs) (laughs) yeah between uh you and uh the podcast uh the comic box i that is where i get my my comic book uh news at this point because (laughs) i don't have time to read them all so you guys kind of cover the 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 gamut enough that i can i can keep up with what's going on even if I can't read it all um, because I have a very, very small, modest pull list at the local store. So mm-hmm. uh, um, I, will, I, will, I will tell you the one, the negative thing about doing a podcast in a comic book store that talks about what's coming out that week is it makes it really hard to not spend money in that comic book store. I will tell you that right oh, now. Oh, I bet. I bet. Yeah. No, the, I, I try to be good about making sure my, my, 
pull list is always, uh, you know, I, I, I don't like letting it sit there because I know it's not fair for the, the bookstore owners, but, uh, I do try and limit the number of trips I take to pick up because I always end up buying more things and adding more things to the list. I, I can't imagine if you're there constantly to, to actually record and talk about all the fun stuff that came out that week. <laughs> yeah. And see it a lot of times because it's always the, the reason it's called the wrap up is because we do the show on Tuesday night when they're, when they're actually packaging up the new comic books that are released on Wednesday. And so I get to see all this stuff. But I actually can't purchase any of it because it's not available for sale until the following day. <laughs> now, I know you said you were a big Gambit fan. Have you? Uh, and again, no spoilers because I have not uh, gotten through the the books yet. But mm-hmm. have you read um, Deadpool versus Gambit? Uh, yes, I uh, I am currently reading it. That's one of my. That's on my pull list. Um, I, I actually am a couple of issues behind. I think I've read the first two or three. Um, and then I have like a couple issues that I just, I haven't gotten a, a chance to read, but I'm loving that without giving any spoilers away. I think those two characters complement each other so well. Um, and the very first issue, it's, it's a heist, you know, the kind of, I think like that's like the perfect story to tell right. with those two characters. Um, but they, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's fun is the best word I can use to describe it. Well, I think I mentioned to you that, uh, and we're, we're recording it next week, but we're going to do a special episode for my, my 50th episode. Um, my friend Ray and my friend Kelly and I are going to talk about our version of the Gambit movie if we were to make it. And so I have I have a week to get through Deadpool versus Gambit because I think that's going to give me a little bit more to to work with um, mm-hmm. as we talk about what we'd like to see in a movie. That sounds like it's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah. Because as as we've both said, I, I don't think the Channing Tatum thing is going to happen. No, and that's one of those when when the announcement was made, like everybody expected me to flip out because of my love of the character, and it was one of those announcements where I, number one, I didn't want to believe it was going to happen, and number two, like I didn't flip out. Like I tried, I try, I tried because I don't even like Channing Tatum uh, at all as an actor, and so when it was announced, I was like trying to think of like, well. He, you know, I did my research on it. I was like, he's very passionate about the character. So maybe he already has kind of a southern drawl. So maybe he'll do the accent better than the last guy in X-Men Origins, Wolverine. Um, (laughs) if they get the right director, then maybe, like, I really, my brain tried to just be like, it, it it, it could be okay. It could be okay. But like I've never actually felt like it's gonna be okay. And when they made the announcement that he he was out, I was like, oh thank goodness. And then on my birthday, <laughs> of, all, of all days, on my birthday of all days, he uh, he was back on. I was like, no. <laughs> Happy birthday, Michael. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No. Who if you if you had to cast Gambit, who would you who would you cast? Oh my goodness. Um. Oh, that is not an easy question. It does it have to be like could it be like a like a fictitious like if it was somebody who's maybe couldn't do it now but if when they were in their prime? Yeah, absolutely. Okay, this is going to sound silly probably, 
but Jean-Claude Van Damme, um, I feel like in his prime would have been the perfect fit for Gambit. I mean, he's not Jean-Claude's a, much thicker than Gambit should be and probably uh, think shorter. Um, but that's, you know what? It's Hollywood. They could make him seem taller and slenderer. Um, but he has the martial arts skill and he, you know, his, his accent, I think could be made to sound, you know, more like the Gambit character uh, with ease, I feel. Yeah, I, I can definitely see it. I, I don't know that he, I feel like, I feel like Gambit needs a little bit of that charm. I don't know that Jean-Claude Van Damme pulls <laughs> off the charm, but um, but he might be able to pull it off. It would definitely be an interesting take on him. Uh, and especially, there was a film he did called Hard Target, uh, directed by John Woo, that takes place in the bayou. Uh-huh. And, he, and he plays, a, uh, his, his character's name is Chance Boudreaux. Uh, and so he, he already, he kind of does the, that type of a character in essence, but obviously, yeah, he's not as, uh, lighthearted and charming as Gambit should be. He's still very Jean-Claude Van Damme in that movie, but, um, it, it you know, kind of gave me the feels like, yeah, he could do it. To be honest, there's no known actor that I can think of that I'd be like, yeah, they'd be perfect for Gambit. I feel like that's one of those characters where Hollywood needs to, get off their high horse and go find some unknown that just fits the bill that will that happen? No, but that's, I feel like what should happen. That, that's a really good point. Cause they don't do that enough. And I think a lot of our, our characters that we love are skewed to the actor that gets placed in that role that they're okay for, but it's not, it's not necessarily them. Yeah, and in Hugh Jackman is a prime example of that. He is a he's a tremendous Wolverine. He's great, um, but he's also tall and dreamy, mm-hmm. and that's not what Logan is. Lo- Logan's like, uh, what is he? he's like five two or something like that. Like he's five three. He, like he's super short in the comics. Yeah, he's like five and change. He's not. He he shouldn't be pretty at all. Um, and he, he definitely is, uh, he's a fire plug. He should be whiter than he is tall. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and he's, and he's volatile. Like he has a volatile personality and you know, they, with, with Hugh in there, like, again, he, he, he owns that role when he does it, but he's turned Wolverine into commercially something that Wolverine is not, right. you know? And and yeah, that's exactly what you're saying. It's like they've kind of they conform the character to the actor and not the other way around. Yeah, which is completely not what they did with um, Ryan Reynolds because I I do think that that Ryan Reynolds and Deadpool share a soul. <laughs> like, oh yeah, <laughs> because because Ryan Reynolds was still Ryan Reynolds, but he was also very much Deadpool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's that's one of those weird perfect unions. It's almost like. When, when, when the characters, when, when Ryan was born and when the characters created, like there was some sort of magical connection that linked them together. Yeah, absolutely. And that's why I always use Ryan Reynolds as a verb for what Channing Tatum <laughs> is trying to do. And it's kind of like you, you just don't have that marriage of the character, dude. Like you, you do not embody him. Yeah. And honestly, like that's one of those situations where, you know, you experienced on our show, we, we sometimes people say we're very negative about things and, and we are, but that's cause we're nerds. But <laughs> I, like I never, 
I never want a movie to fail. I never want a comic book movie to fail. Do I often think they will? Yes. And I will express that, but I don't go into it going, man, I hope this sucks. You know what I mean? And, and knowing that I don't like Channing and he's playing one of my favorite characters, do I want that movie to fail? No. I hope I go into there and he has just turned into Gambit on screen and I am in love with it and they do a great job with it. That's what I want. Do I expect that to happen? No, not even a little bit. But we still go in hoping. And that's why that's and I think that's what people don't understand. That's why we quote unquote nerd rage afterwards because we're mm-hmm. just like, Oh, it could have been all these things that it wasn't. Yep. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, very cool. Um anything up coming up with the um the podcast? Any any new new things, any new guests? Um we have uh, we actually have quite a few guests coming up, although I don't, off the top of my head, I don't know everybody's names. Um, this, I said this Sunday, um, we have, uh, we're two guests essentially. We're doing a phone interview, uh, with an author, um, whose name is escaping me presently. Um, but then we also have, like a few weeks back, we had Anthony Ayala from Nerdbot on the mm-hmm. show mm-hmm. and uh he is coming back on the show to report on how their first nerdbot con went um two two weeks ago last weekend something like that mm-hmm. so he's coming on to report how that went and then uh yes and then we're doing a phone interview with author dan o'brien that's his name um and then the following week we have nothing um, I mean, we have a show, but we don't have any guests uh, <laughs> to say that we don't have nothing. Um, and then on the 16th, I believe, Sunday the 16th, we have a phone interview with the CEO of Stanley's Kamikaze, which has now been rebranded to Stanley's LA, Los Angeles Comic Con. Uh, we have the, the CEO uh, on the phone to do an interview about the upcoming convention. Uh, her name is Regina Carpinelli. We've interviewed her like every year uh, since we started on Chaotic Radio, so it's kind of an annual tradition for us. Yeah, uh, Kamikaze always happens like right at the height of busy season for, for me, so I, I, I'm i going to have to just schedule it in one of these years and, and make an appearance because I've heard so many good things about it. It sounds like it's a really fun time. Yeah, it's it's the very first con I ever went to. And I gotta say, I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. They've definitely branched out and made things, you know, bigger since the first time I've been there. But they, they're very passionate about the content that they bring to the convention. Um, they have some things this year that I am ridiculously excited for that I won't even be able to attend. Um, but, uh, like I'm a big Highlander fan mm-hmm. and they will have Adrian Paul there doing, um, a sword lesson class type thing oh wow yeah and it's one of those where it's it's spendy but if you can afford it you get i think the three hours being with other people being trained by him on sword play and then you get your photo taken with him and i guess if you pay like for the premiere package like you you get like a bowken and he'll sign it and like it's uh it it, bra- it breaks my nerd heart that I won't be able to <laughs> to see that. But they just they, they they do bring they bring so much in. You're gonna have you're gonna have 
nerds weeping tears of joy at the end of this thing. That sounds phenomenal. Mm -hmm. Wow. Yeah. Well, very cool. Very, very cool. All right. Well, we're going to start wrapping things up here. Do you have any shout-outs for anybody out there? Anybody you'd like to acknowledge and say hi to? Um, well, I, first and foremost, I would like to give a shout-out to you, sir, um, for, number one, for having me on your show, but also for when you made the drive out to be on our show last <laughs> well, week. Well, thank you very much. It was my pleasure, and I had a blast. Anytime you need somebody, I will. you let me know, because that was some of the most fun I've had doing a podcast ever. Yeah, absolutely, man. We had a great time, and we'd love to have you back, So, uh, for sure. Uh, and I would like to give uh, shout-outs to you know, any, any of you know, our, fran- our fans that uh, may be listening to your show now as a result of your appearance on ours, and uh, a- any one of your fans that are listening to this current episode. I appreciate you supporting your, your, your podcasters, you know, that's, it's, uh, it is a very big community, but, you know, we, like, we would be nothing without listeners. You know, you guys allow us to continue doing what we do. And I, like, I, I appreciate you even, you know, even if you're not listening to me, you're listening to Joe here, he's very talented and I appreciate you. For listening to Joe, so uh, yeah, and you should if you're listening to to this at all, you should be listening to Jack of All Nerds because it's a great show. Thank you, sir. I appreciate that. Um, yeah, that's I think I think that covers it as far as the shoutouts. <laughs> awesome. Uh, I'm going to shout out to uh, my my good friend Kelly Hightower. Uh, her and I recorded episode zero of. Um, our new podcast, State of the Geek, this week. So that should be coming out next week sometime. I am uh, I am just in the middle of, because it, it landed at the same time as my 50th episode, my one-year anniversary of the, the podcast. It's like we've got a couple of special episodes coming out, just all came together at the same time. So I'm trying to get everything edited in a timely fashion. But a shout-out to her, because um, we had a lot of fun on Tuesday, just kind of cracking up and um, getting political and, and we're going to be causing trouble I can tell <laughs> and uh, the other person I'd like to, to do a shout out to is Mandy from the WEC podcast who was on last week's episode and she has been just telling everybody about last week's episode and she's got people that we talked about on the episode listening and uh, and she's just been a great a great barker for this show, so thank you very much, Mandy, for, for doing all of that. I really, really appreciate it. Coming up next week, we're going to be hitting episode 50. It's it's here. Um, we're going to be talking about our favorites with uh, Nick Kelly, who is a, a fan of the show, and we're a fan of his show, the, the Geek Wolf Pack. And, uh, and so next week, uh, we're going to be talking about just all our favorite stuff and, and kind of seeing what comes of that. All the music in this episode is by Ben Sound and is being used under a Creative Commons license. You can find more music by Ben Sound at bensound.com. You can currently find us at geektitude.com as well as on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and most other podcatchers out there. Please leave us a review and spread the word. If you would like to contact me, you can send me an email at joehogan at geektitude.com. You can also follow the show on Twitter at geektitude or me personally at epicgrays. Michael, where can we find you? 
Uh, well, you can find uh, links to all of our shows uh, at our website, jackofallnerdsshow.com. Um, you can also find us on uh, – we're also on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, all those um, out there, and just search Jack of All Nerds. Um, you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram, at Jack of All Nerds, uh, also on Facebook, uh, forward slash Jack of All Nerds. And yeah, if you wish to email me directly, uh, Michael at Jack of All Nerds Show dot com. Um, yeah, that, I think that's I think that's everything. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Michael, for uh, for spending your morning with us. Yeah, thanks for having me, man. It was it was a lot of fun. Absolutely. And for all of you listening out there, remember this week, keep it geek.